Welcome to the Transformation Talks podcast, in-depth conversations on transformation with Rajiv Dingra, founder and CEO of RDNX Network. Hello everyone and welcome to another edition of the Transformation Talks podcast with me, Rajiv Dingra. Uh, we are very excited today because we have someone who leads MarTech, AdTech and data-driven marketing. We have with us Abhishek Arora, who is uh, Executive Director, Digital Sales and Marketing and Head of Marketing Technology at Standard Charter. In his current role, Abhishek has global responsibility for strategic design and building of hyper-personalization digital transformation programs comprising of data-driven marketing, AdTech and MarTech. He also focuses on the next best action and mobile attribution capabilities to deliver revenue, engagement, and innovation across markets for Standard Chartered. Abhishek has been innovating in marketing and sales in his uh, role at Standard Chartered for the last nine years, responsible for, for taking uh, things and activities from zero to one, covering design, build monetization, change management, and leading the stack. Prior to Standard Chartered, Abhishek has also worked with large companies like IBM and Citibank. Uh, we give a warm-hearted welcome to Abhishek on our show. Hi, Abhishek. Welcome to Transformation Talks. Hey, Rajiv. Thank you. Absolutely a pleasure. Uh, uh, I met you last year and I've heard some of these podcasts, so you're doing some great work. Uh, thanks for inviting me. It's my pleasure today. Uh, I, I also want to mention that uh, whatever views I express today are solely mine uh, and uh, i'm not speaking on behalf of my organization today uh yeah very excited to talk yeah. today to you that's the way we wanted abhishek we want unfiltered conversations and insights that our viewers and listeners can uh, take back and uh, you know uh, learn from so let's get started abhishek you know we are at a at a at a crux at a at a flux in uh, uh, digital marketing martech and ad tech domain especially with this cookieless uh, future that is so uncertain uh, just a few uh, days back uh, you know google announced its move from flock to topics and even google is under pressure uh, regarding privacy moves so what's your take on where all these uh, privacy moves lead to the addressability challenges how do you foresee these uh, panning out for the marketers in the coming future yeah, Rajiv, I mean, see, first of all, marketers or ad tech professionals are almost in a perfect storm, right? I mean, if you really look at, I mean, it, it's these headwinds are coming in from all across directions, right? Consumers themselves are becoming pretty aggressive. They, they, they want their data to be protected, have full control over, full knowledge of where it is getting used for. Uh, at the same time, regulators have been quite aggressive of, of late, right? And, and uh, while Asia as a market was still shielded because GDPR took, uh, took it away in terms of Europe, took the lead, but we can see many markets in Asia, even in Africa, who are now building data residency rules, even uh, privacy rules. Then, I mean, uh, we, we, we thought uh, the corporates would keep it simple, right? But Apple take the lead, right? So, so, so this storm is also happening from the corporate side, right? Because Apple has almost become like a Masiha of privacy, right? That, that's, that, that's what they're trying, trying to do here. Uh, so and, and and then finally, the general discussion around and I, I if you've heard what happened in World Economic Forum also one of one of the points that came up there was how would data residency rules really impact uh, 
the future trends, right? Because many markets are now becoming more closed, right? I mean, uh, even including India, for example, Saudi Arabia, Russia, most markets now want data to be resided locally, right? So, so it's almost like a perfect storm. Now, cut to the chase, how would it impact tech? I think all of us as marketers know that predominantly this will impact at two, two levels, right? One, you mentioned it, addressability. Second, as a result of that, the measurement, right? Whatever you can't measure, you can't really uh, manage. So, so there are those challenges that we see here. Uh, th there are many ways we can address it. Uh, and there are many, many uh, options that, that are being pursued. And I, I'm hopeful that we'll be talking about that as we, as we, as we go through. Uh, we, we believe that most of the challenges sit at the top of the funnel and uh, not at the bottom of the funnel. Also, if you really look at the widespread channels that get used across ad tech, and I always include uh, aggregators, uh, kind of uh, close cousins of ad tech here because they are paid partners, right, ultimately. And uh, we, we do, I do believe that at least 15 to 20% of the business is under direct risk uh, if actions are not taken to address top of the funnel. That's interesting. And do you think that the industry in general is underprepared because so many things are changing uh, so rapidly in specific to this addressability concern? I would say yes. I mean, and, and, and your question on flock moving to topic is a classic example, right? When, when, when the industry leader which gets bulk of its revenue from active spend is still struggling with how to address the privacy challenges, and uh, I mean, as you seen the six months back, all of us were thinking that Flock is an answer to this, right? Privacy compliant way of engagement. And now there is a movement to topic. So obviously industry is struggling. Uh, but the good part is there is so much talk about this. Everybody knows that this storm is coming and they have to prepare for it. Are we fully prepared? Generally talking on behalf of industry, I don't think so. Uh, but there is a wide awakening that to begin with, let's get a first party data strategy right. And then also pick pick up three or four areas where we want to work on to address the tech challenges, right? So at least that's the good part. Are we prepared? I think maybe first quartile through, and not even halfway through. Yeah, I hear you. And we will get to first party, but just delving a little bit deeper. What could you think could be the fallout from these addressability challenges? Do you believe that the uh, the uh, the market share of the leading uh, you know, advertising players started from starting from Google, Facebook, going all the way down to the open web and the DSP partners could dramatically shift over this coming decade. I I don't think so. I mean, and it's my personal view. And I'll tell you why I don't think so. Right? I, my personal belief is that as this storm takes place, the larger players and so to say, let's the wall gardens are in a much better state to handle it. And uh, all that fragmentation that exists on the ground, whether from a DSP perspective or the sub-ad network perspective, most of those players are in a disadvantaged position. So I generally think uh, the larger players uh, would be winners here. And uh, I also do think that the digital marketing spend is not going to go down, right? I mean, we saw what happened during COVID, right? Uh, within, within a year, there were dramatic increases in, in the digital marketing spend. Yes, there would be many adjustments, uh, which, which would mean that performance marketing would not only remain, uh, let's say, the hyped version of digital marketing, because we, we must understand that before performance marketing came in, before cookies-based marketing came in, a lot was being done through other modes of marketing also, let's say context-based marketing, right? And then 
the the nice data driven marketing took over from here so i do think uh, the way to approach this would change uh, and we can talk more about through this uh, discussion that we having today uh, but uh, to answer your question bigger players will become even bigger is is my personal thought and uh, the consolidation would happen at the top whether facebook would be a winner or google would be a winner or apple would be a winner yeah the jury is still out <laughs> that's very interesting uh let's let's move on to then first party data you mentioned it that everybody will need to build their first party data you belong to a vertical industry that has uh, the probably the the largest depth any financial services player has the largest depth of first party data uh, and and you pr- and even if you looked at the history of digital marketing innovation in uh, deep uh, data driven or deep targeted uh, marketing was done by bfsi player uh as a marketer who's coming from that industry how do you uh, foresee uh, other marketers leveraging uh, first party data strategies for marketing activation and what would be your recommendation to them uh, as to where do they start in case they've not yet started you know uh, and many of them don't have as easy access to first party data as probably the bfsi players do yeah absolutely i mean uh, it, it kind of you're right right bfsi is blessed that there is enormous amount of first party data already sitting in there right uh, but but have bfsi players been able to completely leverage that uh, i i would say i, uh, abhishek, I would up- abhishek i'm losing you abhishek abhishek i'm losing your network can we restart the answer to that question again please i lost okay. you in- sure and can you hear me now clearly Yes, I can hear you clearly, but I I lost you in the answer. So if you can just start the answer again. Sure. Uh, yeah, Rajiv, you're you're right. Uh, BFSI industry is blessed with first party data, right? There is, there, and and it's not like plain simple first party demographic data. It's all also a lot of behavioral data, spend data, and 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 that that leads to a lot of insights. Now, have the industry been able to utilize it well up to now? I would say not really, because the industry generally suffers from challenges right at the bottom, right? Which is, do you have a consolidated single view of data, which can then be explored in a compliant way for uh, for engagement and targeting and personalization purposes? So there are challenges there, and that's why I think I want to get to the second part of the question: What would my recommendation be here, right? I I, I would say, first of all, get your data right. that that's absolutely important the and why am i saying that is important is that see in the past when there were not many channels and there were traditional channels there like sms emails and other ways to reach out to clients it was easy we could do simple cross sell upsell targeting we could build some predictive modeling all of us can and 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 banks and bfsa have generally been excelling at uh, uh, cross selling products and upselling products uh, however as omni channel came in as as channels more and more channels came in especially on the tech side on the digital marketing side the entire paradigm has changed right i mean uh, in 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 a target state scenario you want at least one third of your uh, digital sales coming in from external channels at least one third if if not more right and hence the entire first party strategy has to move right so I, my my suggestion to most marketers is uh, get the two things right at least one the data and why i say data it's not only about customer 360 it's the data labels it's the consent application and 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 all the transparency around the data pipeline that's absolutely important uh, in terms of data quality and availability and the second is 
can you simplify your execution stack at the top right and i'm sure we'll talk about that i do think that there is a need to consolidate the stack at the top and make it less fragmented so that at least we can address some of these other challenges that are coming in for example you spoke about cookieless world uh, and i spoke about fragmented data yeah that's interesting uh, you mentioned simplifying the stack can you elaborate uh, uh, what do you mean by that how can uh, marketers uh, take steps to simplify the stack at the uh, top of the funnel yeah so i mean i, I i'm not going to get into history here but let's just simplify this in terms of what what do i mean by this right i mean the traditional promise was that there would be a crm that you can take from one of your partners and that can help you manage the sales service and marketing right that's your client 360 management across end to end was the promise realized no because a crm was not really addressing some of the newer channels for example the social channels that were coming up right and then what what happened in this industry was that as stacks built up there was a lot of fragmentation that came about right so so some players started building campaign management stack wherein oh if i want to target existing to uh, organization clients there is a marketing automation platform you can use now if you want to use the same data to target somebody on uh, unknown sense let's say through cookies or through mobile ids or device ids the same stack was not useful because it was completely using existing relationship data of your customers right so you had to go and buy another one and you know uh, so on and so forth multiple components would get bought i mean it it, it served its purpose because the economy was evolving the the ecosystem was evolving at that time uh, however the state where we are right now and given the complexity that we've already spoken about marketer is really looking for minimal stack which means single single product which can help us address both the first party addressability as well as the addressability on the ad tech side now do we have such products in the market i mean i think the jury is still out uh, but that's what uh my my thought is that we need to look at minimizing and consolidating so that it becomes a simplified execution and experience management that's that's very interesting and and that brings me to the next question what you're essentially talking about the other gaps in martech and adtech stacks uh, they they survived uh, uh you know separately or grew separately purely because of the addressability not being a challenge on adtech with the cookies uh and uh, martech was not really interested in activation uh, outside to known customers as you rightly pointed out uh but uh, what in your view uh, can bridge this gap because uh, uh today there are uh, hundreds if not thousands of uh, martech adtech solution and every day there is a new solution uh, targeting the customer in a new manner and i mean right from attribution to targeting to you you name it uh what where do you see this going uh, in your view yeah and and uh, i i i suggest that there are these two or three gaps that could be addressed that 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 would kind of become my sort of a wish list in terms of how this single site would look like right so if, if you let's let's cut the chase and get to the latest buzzword that's that's there in the industry right cdp right customer data platform now uh, if if i can extrapolate customer data platform to a state which also address some of these privacy challenges that's what i'm talking about and what do i mean by this right let me give you an example uh now i personally believe the cdp industry itself is not very matured i mean there are there are again fragmentation there if you look at i think david hart's cdp suite uh, report there 
he publishes there as it is so many types of cdps which are sitting there from analytics to marketing and so on and so forth now to, to come back to the question that you have if if you look at the single stack and you let me say that okay if cdp exists which is a promise of a single stack it does address the data challenges it does address the data labeling privacy compliance a consent management because all of that would get addressed to the data labeling that would sit there it also does address the first party challenge to a great extent and i'm not naming any player here because i'm saying uh, the the industry is still quite fragmented but it also addresses first party challenges because ultimately cdp gives data for you to be using it for execution and delivery to any platform that you want or through cdp itself now where i i do see uh uh we need to address this and what is that i i i'm i'm looking at here is couple of things right one how how could we address the fragmentation or the reusability challenges that sit on the adtech side for example if the ecosystem on the walled garden side which i've already mentioned earlier that i, I believe those walled gardens will become even more uh, powerful in future how do, how do you, how do you exchange this data with with, with those walled gardens right because what they want is data to come to them and not their data to be sent to us are cdps addressing that challenges on the adtech side i don't think so it's been properly addressed that's one second more and more as industries converge and convert into ecosystems which mean for example today if an organization partners with another organization and co creates products and sells on each other's platforms how would marketing then evolve and how would then the cdp evolve to address the entire ecosystem between your partners you can call it second party data exchange you can call it targeting uh, right at the moment of purchase but but i do feel that if these two challenges are addressed one on the adtech side and second on the ecosystem side that will be uh, one stack that that can handle it, it <laughs> and in way, and in no way i'm saying it's an easy one but that's my sort of a wish list here yeah and and i i hear what you're saying you're saying if we could draw a straight line from my known customers to my unknown prospects and vice versa in a privacy safe compliant way uh, that would be like the holy grail correct absolutely uh, that's what i'm saying i i'm going to add this ecosystem piece there while what you said is thematically absolutely applicable to even ecosystem but but what i'm also saying is that tomorrow if an organization uh, does a partnership with buy now pay later player or another fintech or another big retail giant uh, can you then manage use your existing tax stack to engage clients on the properties of your partners uh that that is what i would also add it to be make it more discreet yeah but thematically i do agree with you yeah. so in many ways you are uh, saying that you uh, want a, a modular uh, a single stack platform that can uh, be extended uh, uh, you know to uh, newer partners as you scale while uh, manages the uh, funnel from uh, known to unknown customers absolutely okay okay that is very very interesting abhishek in fact it it brings me to the uh, three parts of the three uh, issues that a recent uh, survey of global cmos came out with uh, and it is very much in line with what you have uh, talked about right you have covered two of these aspects already in our conversation so uh, we maybe we can focus on the third one but these three challenges for cmos that have been identified are complexity addressability and transparency right 
uh, I believe you've clearly articulated complexity. You've spoken about addressability. What is your view on the transparency challenge that uh, digital has been plagued by uh, digital marketing and advertising for many, many years? And the recent uh, DOJ, uh, uh, you know, attack on Google uh, for their uh, uh, treatment of bid management is also coming to focus in the recent news, if you have heard. So what is your take? Uh, transparency has been a, a, a decades-long question in advertising and marketing, uh, going right back to, you know, 50% of my advertising budget is wasted. I don't know which. It somehow suddenly starts to become true for digital marketing as well, which was uh, probably claimed to be one of the most transparent mediums when it started off. What's your take? Yeah, yeah that, that, that's an interesting one, right? And, uh, and uh, yeah, I mean, I, I view this transparency challenge in two, 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 two ways, right? One, you brought about some DOG example that you just gave, which is generally about how the data is being used, right? Do, 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 one, do I as a consumer know how my data is being used? And second, do I as an organization know how the data that my customers are giving to me are, is being used by some of uh, the partners that I have on that tech side, right? So I, I think a, a lot has been spoken about that. So and, and that's the challenge that stays there. Uh, I, I don't think so if that will also get addressed from a movement, let's say, of a flock to a topic at a Google level, because what's happening is most of this is being done within that ecosystem, right? So that's the challenge that stays there. The second piece on transparency that that we, we, we have more control over and we can definitely address is the transparency on the measurement and efficacy of the spend, right? That's that's what you spoke about, right? And and, and here I want to break it down into two parts, uh, Rajiv, because ultimately when you build this strong techs or a strong technology set in an organization, it's a large transformation you go through. Now, in in, in organization which started these only six, seven years back, transparency questions have asked in a bit bit different sense that can you show me which half of digital marketing is making sense? And and I I won't get into too much on that, right? That's something everybody knows there are challenges there. But the second bit, which is how do you bring transparency to your leadership in terms of what is the impact this these stack or this entire market in tech is making in bringing revenue, NPS changes, customer experience changes to the organization. And let me give you an example, right? Uh, and, and, uh, and, and these examples echo whenever I speak to a lot of my colleagues uh, uh, across organizations, right? How do you really show that dollar impact in transparency, right? Even if when you're sitting and cross-selling and upselling, showing that marginal incremental impact, moving beyond those control groups, A-B testing where you show one campaign works better, actually showing that, that by the month, by the time the month ends, if this organization, let's say, sold X amount of a particular product, did that become X plus Y? And how much of that came through the marketing and that tech? implementation and execution that you did that is another level of transparency i think we need to talk about not just and how to address that within organizations beyond what the doj example or the which half of the marketing is working example that you gave yeah yeah okay that that sounds very interesting that that takes the transparency conversation across multiple facets and and, and very interestingly put there uh, more on uh, your wish list you mentioned your wish list of a single stack but uh, let's take that uh, wish list question from another uh, aspect as well with a little bit of crystal ball gazing uh, 
what next do you think is the steps or the future for marketing and advertising automation in general uh, what started with the uh, you know now a decade old or 15 year old dsp in in uh, which is a demand side and supply side platform which created the ad tech ecosystem what started with email automation and then you know full stack marketing automation now is sort of converging into one right uh, martech and adtech need to come closer and the automation pieces in them also need to talk to each other so what's your wish list uh, as the next uh, the future of this space uh, marketing and advertising automation what would make you very very happy as a marketer over the next 5 years if we could take that timeline and and answer this yeah definitely and, and, and as you 5 years is such a long time during these days yeah but i i think uh, in in near future uh, there are a couple of things that personally i believe uh, if that get addressed as the stack comes together and you guys are doing some good great great work there in terms of bringing this stack together right but there are a couple of things that that sit on my wish list here one ultimately we as marketers data driven practitioners data practitioners are creating experiences for our clients or prospects across different channels how, right. how does this stack help you construct this entire experience which is not only about the addressability or the targeting or the next best action plus also the content that needs to be constructed together and mm. presented to our customer right and 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 that fragmentation on the content side for example is a universal known fact so 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 my wish list one is can this single stack create help and i am not trying to build a frankenstein uh, single stack here by the way don't get me wrong here but what what i'm trying to say is can we have can this stack help us create experiences rather than trying to create workflows wherein we create a campaign by bringing so many things together through separate stack right so I, i'm going to bring the content piece together here that's one second there is a lot of talk about ai uh, and and how and how marketing would really evolve and become more and more ai and analytics driven uh, i i do believe uh, we are only scratching the surface there right and especially the stack mm -hmm. and, and i'm not talking about any organization my wish list from the martech and adtech stack players is that beyond the building standard ai services on top of your stack like for example subject line testing or best time to send which are like generic ai services enable marketers like to bring in some explainability and then use that ai to construct experiences and execute them right whether it's about bidding or it's about cross sell and standard first party engagement right those those would be two wishes that i would have uh, help help us create construct experiences second uh, the ai becoming more explainable and more useful beyond the standard uh, zigzag of uh, ai services that get built on top of this stack right I hear you. So, in effect, you are saying, uh, you know, marketers need to collect and uh, uh, build analytics on top of actionable data, leading to actionable insights that lead to actionable AI. So, as to say, because AI cannot be just about giving you, you know, uh, the 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 basic ones, which is, you know, uh, these are the three types of ad copies, or this is your uh, predictive media plan, and so on and so forth. Go beyond that and act on it and drive that automation a level. i had from that does that make sense yeah absolutely it does make sense uh, rajiv i mean there is an example that you gave earlier on flock moving to topics right 
that essentially means one player in the ecosystem is building an ai infrastructure now can we build a similar ai infrastructure on the other end so that one ai can speak to another ai right i mean not to make this topic too complex but yes the the interconnection coming into a single stack right yeah. yeah and and i think what you're also saying is that uh, because of the siloization of this uh, industry uh, the uh, cross channel analytics will now become even more uh, pressing as an issue and even more complicated uh, because each channel uh, with at least with the walled gardens uh, they are further uh, you know uh, building barriers on the sharing rather than being more uh, sharing oriented or collaborative in that context yes yes absolutely i mean and and uh, and if you can bring about that efficacy of each channel in in a transparent way that will be a great outcome i mean I, as recent I, i don't know whether you you've seen something like this happening in india or not but recently in in singapore for example there have been some scams around uh, phishing using sms links in marketing sms or even in emails and suddenly there is a regulation that that has come up that you can no longer send deep links on sms and emails right now to 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 just extrapolate your point around cross channel analytics if 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 the efficacy of these two channels are going to come down how do i view that in a cross channel sense it it, it is something that could definitely become important yeah. and the number of channels just keep growing right uh, now there's audio there is video there's ctv there's doh everything is become digital and uh, uh, the challenge is going to be how uh, you an effort versus a uh, result uh, marketers only have that much time to optimize each channel uh, i think that's what the role of cross channel op- uh, optimization or cross channel analytics will also be where do you prioritize yeah and and, and backed by ai because as channels proliferate me as a marketer you as a marketer or let's say even a team of marketers really cannot address the complexities across right so data and ai would really need to enable a lot of this decision making yeah sounds exciting uh, uh abhishek i must say i can go on and on uh, talking to you about this uh, but uh, we have to uh, you know come to a close uh, i would like to thank you for uh, being on this podcast and i'd like to thank my listeners i hope you enjoyed listening to abhishek uh these are some exciting insights uh, he shared a lot with us uh, thank you so much abhishek for being on transformation talks hey thank you rajiv my pleasure and always great talking to you have a great day thanks for listening to the transformation talks podcast hosted by rajiv dingra founder and ceo of rdx network tune in next week for another interesting episode